For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into Millennial Sports Talk. It is our Kobe Bryant episode. Do you know Whoa, what big time. Do you know what that means? I mean, yeah, I'd assume it's our 24th episode. What if it was our eighth episode? Well, I know better than that. Good. <laughs> That's I'm big glad. time. That's I big know. time. It is. And what a perfect topic because we're going to be talking a lot of NBA. Yep. Yep. Good lead well, in there. Good thank lead you. in there. <laughs> thank you. But for those who have no idea what they're listening to, I'm Michelle Margot with Ben Verlander for Millennial Sports Talk. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get all sappy on you. Oh, boy. But I really miss you. I feel like I haven't talked to you. Well, I know I haven't talked to you in like seven days. It has been. It has been seven days. It's like you, uh, it's like you don't want to be my friend when we're not That's recording. That's actually false. I just don't get text back. It's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm not counting. It's been like six days and 48 minutes. But I do feel that we used to text during the week and I was, I woke up this morning and I was like, this is exciting. I get to record a podcast today with Ben. Yeah. I enjoy it. Can I tell you what I do during the weeks when we're not talking? I literally open up my phone, scroll through Twitter and just look for some sort of positive news about the baseball season. That's what my week consists of. So it failed and you're disappointed every time. No, I had seven minutes of pure joy the other day when I thought, not the other day, yesterday. Seven minutes of heaven? It was, it was beautiful. I, I thought there was a deal and then it was just ripped away. It's so, de- I'm, it's so depressing. It's so depressing. It's probably going to change 10 more times by the time people listen to this as well. Yeah, yeah. So we're recording on, on Thursday and news just broke of the players sending back a proposal to the owners of 70 games. The owners just sent one for 60 games, and they thought that was the final deal. They thought that was going to be good. It is not. They sent back 70, which I just read um, they are not happy about. They're pissed about, actually. Um, so just kind of it's, – it's sad. I just I want baseball to come back. Um, it, it's tough to watch all this unfold right in front of our eyes, and it's just – it's really frustrating. It's super frustrating, and I, I won't talk too much on it because, again, it's going to change 10 more times. I don't really care how it happens. I really don't. Here's what I'll say, and, and I've, uh, I'm very much so on the player side in all of this and think that full prorated is, is the way to go, and, and I have been on their side. But what I will say is it's a tough look to launch this whole campaign when and where. Tell us when and where. Tell yeah. us when and where. And, and then, then doing that, they're yeah. told when and where. 60 and then, games, yes. full prorated, what you've been asking for, and you're told the when. 
July 19th and it's an immediate no. Like, yeah, that's not a great look. Yeah. And I, I really, and I've said this, I said this like five podcasts ago. I really don't know how much of it is the actual players versus a couple of players in the players association. Like, I really don't know. I, I know, I know from experience and the guy friends that I have that play major league baseball, they just want to play. They're not like, if we don't play the extra 10 games, blah, blah, like they just want to play. So I don't know. I really don't know. And maybe that's a very small sample size, but it's just, I'm, I honestly don't e- I don't even want to look anymore because it changes so f- frequently that it's an emotional roller coaster and I can't handle it. It really is. I, I am not handling it. I, I am just, <laughs> I am on this roller coaster. I am ready to get off and I love roller coasters. I really do. But this <laughs> is not fun anymore. It's not fun. It's making you nauseous at this point. <laughs> yes. You know what's also making me nauseous at this point? What? I need one hour per week mm-hmm. of just silence. And I sit in solitary confinement all day, every day during quarantine. And mm-hmm. then as soon as we start recording, they decide to put me in a family of lumberjacks where they're just cutting down trees outside my apartment. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why they decide right at the time when I have to record a podcast. So if you're hearing either a leaf blower and or a chainsaw, it is the gentleman outside my window deciding to cut down a tree. And what I did was I closed the blinds all like, not that it's going to be much of a noise barrier, but I just felt like I wanted them to know they're not welcome. You can see, I can see and hear the emotion coming out of you. (laughs) And I appreciate it. Um, you can't hear it. it. You can hear it, but it's not bad, I would say. But it does seem like no matter what day of the week we record, whether it be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, <laughs> or Friday, that's the hour. That is the hour. It really is. It really is. It's Working from home. Incredible. Working truly from incredible. home, dude. I'm telling you. like, there's, I, I, I'm done. Either, either way, just... Let me off this roller coaster that is the baseball negotiations. That's what I have to say. I, I need it to end. I need it to end. You know? I, I agree. Well, why don't you give us some positive news and give us our GOAT moment of the week? Because you right. always have That's the fair. best ones. Wow. Thank you. Um, the GOAT of the week this week, I want to highlight um, a good friend of mine, actually, Tony Kemp, who is a baseball player with the Oakland A's right now. Um, and he has started this thing called the Plus One Effect campaign. And basically what that is, is uh, to help raise awareness with the social injustice in the world. And um, basically he's just opening himself up to talk to anyone, absolutely anybody um, that wants to educate themselves. Um, He has started this campaign and opening himself up to talk. Um, He's selling, you know, he's got these shirts, Plus One Effect, so. Um, I think it's really cool. And I actually found it. he's posted about it a few times, but I was actually on Facebook the other day and he posted a, a, a personal story of his that he, he hadn't really told anybody. Um, and it, you know, thinking about it helped him launch this. And basically when he was younger, um, he was driving home and he rolled through a stop sign and got pulled over. And, uh, the cop asked him, do you know why you're getting pulled over? And he said, yes, sir. I rolled through that stop sign. And the cop then said, um, yes, do you mind if we take a look in your, in your car and see if you have anything illegal in here? And he said he was obviously freaking out. And he said, sure, and, and hopped out and got his entire car searched for a long time. 
and, and, and just said it, it's situations like that, um, you know, that, that happened to happen personally to him. And, and he has stories like that and, and wants to talk to people about racism in the country and, and about, um, you know, the social injustice in the world. So I think it's a really, really cool thing that he's doing. And uh, I wanted to highlight a good friend of mine this week. Yeah, I love that. Tony Kemp couldn't be a better guy either. So I hate hearing stories like that. And you hear them so often, and especially with all of this being brought to light, that it's mind mind blowing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate you, you using Tony as the moment of the week this week. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the NBA is back. Yeah, we think it's back. They have a schedule, but now there's all these players. It's it's not. It's oh, not, oh, oh, oh. No, no, no. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. The League and the Players Association did come to agreement yeah. on how to get it back is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because we never know what's going to happen. It's 2020 and like literally an asteroid could come and hit Earth and we would not have sports anymore. So that's a very catastrophic way of thinking, but it is possible. So. I would um, just like to say if an asteroid came and hit the planet, not only would we not have sports, we would all also be dead. So not having sports would be the, very least, minuscule. Of, yes. the least of our worries. Actually, we wouldn't have any worries because never mind. So there is a 100-page document basically with the protocol um, that details everything from what happens in the event of a positive COVID-19 test to the rules uh, for playing ping pong in the players' lounges at the team hotels in Orlando when um, the NBA does come back. And uh, I wanted to just kind of explain it to those who are not super keeping up with it or maybe haven't seen the articles that have some of the details. So if, if a player does test positive for COVID-19, the player will be isolated and retested to make sure that it isn't a false positive. If it's confirmed, they'll be in recovery and a period of rest lasting at least 14 days, basically quarantining themselves. And um, people are going to be tested regularly. And life at Disney World... It, it is going to be tough when people first get there because when everybody gets there, so everyone involved, they all have to self-isolate in their hotel rooms for up to 48 hours until they have two negative COVID-19 tests um, to make sure that nobody within the, quote, bubble uh, has the virus. So players and staff cannot go into one another's rooms. And by the way, if you've ever been on the road with a team, you know that no one just stays in their hotel room for 48 hours, especially if they're on the same team. Right. So that's, that's going to be challenging in itself. Um, even, even trainers, stuff like that, they are constantly going to the players' rooms trying to help them with things, work yeah. on things. Um, so basically through July 21st, players cannot socialize with players staying at other hotels um, to limit the spread if there is an outbreak. Um, each team is going to have its own chef and food room that's open 24 hours a day, which, oh, my God, my dream. Um, <laughs> so that's not that's not limited to that's not like one chef per hotel. They're even narrowing that each team gets their to, own yes, chef. Yes, yes. Wow, um, love that. Yeah, I know. And especially because NBA teams aren't that big. You know, it's not like an NFL team or an MLB right. team where they have a ton of guys. They can also order room service using an app. And um, yeah, there's all sorts of Disney stuff involved, like using Disney Magic Bands as their hotel keys, stuff like that. So um, it will be a tough arrival for people when they first get there. But overall, it sounds like they have things pretty much thought out in this monster 100-page document. What are your thoughts? So my initial thoughts when I read all of this is that it doesn't sound awful. 
<laughs> like there's worse, like they've done the best job they could given the circumstances, I think, to bring everybody together, um, make sure they're following the protocols correctly and, and trying to make it as easy and carefree and, and fun for the players as they possibly can. Um, so, but I, I do understand, you know, and, and this is coming from a single guy that doesn't have a family. Yeah. Um, and I do think that makes a big difference. I think if you go through and ask a bunch of the guys in the NBA, you'll get a big difference between guys that are married with kids and a wife and guys that are single. They're like, oh, I can play MLB or I can play NBA 2K and, and listen to DJs and, and play ping pong like with other NBA guys. That's, yeah, fine. But then you're going to have other guys that are like, I'm, you know, I'm not allowed to see my family for yeah. at least 14 days. And then when they come in, they have to quarantine. Like, so I think you're going to get uh, mixing views on it. I think yeah. it's not bad. I'm very curious to see how many if, – if players do start to test positive, how many players until they just shut it back down. Because Adam mean, they Silver will, – They will. I know. I'm saying I'm curious to see how many players. Yeah. Yeah. But, but Adam – Adam Silver, the commissioner, I mean, he – I would say that was the big turning point for COVID because as soon as Adam Silver found out that Rudy Gobert had tested positive on the Jazz, he stopped everything immediately. And that was when – and maybe it's just because we're so constant, like saturated into the um, – or like immersed into the sports world. That's why it seemed like that was the turning point. But all of a sudden, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is a really big deal. Yeah. Because it, everything had shut down all of a sudden because of Adam Silver. So. I'm very curious to see how he handles it if someone does test positively um, yeah. again. I've heard him talk a little bit about it. And, you know, it's, it's inevitable. People are going to test positive. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I've heard him talk about it. And I've heard a few of the other commissioners of the major sports in, in the U.S. talk about it. And basically the consensus I've heard is that you, you, can't, you can't shut it all down because of a, a few positive tests. Um, and it's not really – you can't really quarantine everybody that's come in contact either with that person. Let's say, let's say uh, an NBA player tests positive. Everybody on his team has come in contact with him within the last few days. So you can't – I mean, you can technically take everybody off the court, but it, it's not feasible to have a right. season. Right. So um, – I've words words mean one thing but when it happens um I think then we'll see like because it's it's going to happen somebody's going to test positive and I'm interested to see the what happens from the league I'm interested to see what other players on that team have to say you know yeah I mean I think about like Carl Anthony Towns whose mom passed away due to COVID I I could not imagine first of all they have to take it that much more seriously because it is a personal thing now um, not that they shouldn't have to begin with, obviously, but now, I mean, I, I, I really don't even know. It, that would be so hard if I'm Carl Anthony Towns, you know, just yeah. seeing, you know, oh, someone tested positively, but you guys are going to keep playing. Right. Because, yeah. And that's, you know, it's the same way with a lot of the country. There's, there's people that aren't taking this serious at all. And there's people that are taking this super serious. And the fact that this has, you know, directly affected Carl Anthony Towns, I think it will be hard for him not only to be in this situation, but also have somebody around him test positive or yeah. have other players not care and be yes. free. Yes. And, and, and with him personally having lost his mom, 
like right. getting pissed at these players and rightfully so, you know, like it, there's a That's lot of exactly my point. Like yeah. you're right. That, and so it'll be only time will tell. Um, but wait, let's not uh, spend too much time on this without yep. an expert. So we're going to bring in Ryan Hollins. He's a former NBA player, uh, current NBA and college basketball analyst. He and I personally worked together a few times for some college basketball games with Fox Sports in Southern California. So let's bring him in. Hey, Ryan, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. Good. So we just discussed um, before you joined us the protocols going on in Orlando, um, and we thought you would be the perfect expert to help us decipher the challenges and the good things about it. So what are your thoughts overall on just basketball coming back and, and everything going on in Orlando? Man, my, my hat really goes off to the NBA and the NBPA uh, to pull this together. The honest truth is you, you're taking lemons and you're making lemonade. COVID-19 hasn't <laughs> been perfect for anybody. And the long track record, track record that the NBA has with its sponsors uh, and, and the people that support the NBA um, has been amazing because, you know, those know, I'm, I'm sure there's some clause where, you know, that big TV deal and revenue that's coming in could be ripped up, you know, from, from either side, from ESPN or Turner or whoever else is back in the NBA, and the support has still been there. I think what's, I, I would say, frustrating but understandable is that Everybody seems to be at their wits end at, at, at this time. And as hard as the NBA and the NBPA worked uh, on getting the league restarted, you know, the players have fears of, hey, what's, what's my contract situation going to look like next year? What's the bubble going to look like? Uh, do I have a legit chance of winning? I'd rather be with my friends and family. All these concerns come up when you don't ultimately see the bigger picture at hand here. And that's making sure that basketball doesn't get sit, set back. Uh, a, a couple generations through COVID-19. You know, the idea survive right now. So let me ask you this. If you are still in the league, if you're a player and you see all this stuff that they're doing to help players on this Orlando campus, the, the lounge, being able to play 2K, 24-hour VIP concierge, movies and DJs, um, what would your thoughts be? Would it be, oh, man, this is going to be cool? Would it be, all right, I'll be able to tolerate this, or is it like this is going to suck? It's going to be tough. You know, anytime – you know, it's funny, like, it's like dealing with your kids. you got to use that reverse psychology in certain <laughs> moments. Like, <laughs> because just got guys are told who express themselves and do what they want, like you can't leave or you can't do that. Now everybody's like, ah, this is so bad. Right. Ultimately, what really are you going to be out there doing anyway? <laughs> what, what are you out there doing? Like, like other than making a million dollars, like, don't mess this up. And it's not a deal where it's the summer vacation and you just start back when things start. There's nothing going on. There's no summer league for you to go to. There's no clubs going on at night. There's no, like, you're not missing anything. And with all due respect, obviously, family time. Your family has a chance to join in a, in a, in a little while we've been getting more family time than a couple of these guys would actually like. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. you, you sit there every day, you know, doing homework. And, it, and the truth is it's an adjustment for some guys. But the reality is you got to get back and start playing basketball. Um, and and I, I, look, I, I get the frustrations. I get, I get the fears. Uh, but there's real business at hand. So um, I know it's not ideal, but it, it's something that must happen. 
Ryan, you, you mentioned almost potentially getting too much family time. The, the families and the wives, I, there's nothing been that I've read that has really specified whether or not they're going to be on the campus as well. Um, and, and Ben explained, you know, if, if you're a single guy, this isn't that big of a deal because what else are you doing? But if you have a family and, and your wives and your kids and you can't see them for months on end, if they're not allowed on the campus, if you're a player, are you worried at all about that? As far as COVID-19? Well, that and just, I mean, not having that support system when you're so used to having it or not being able to be there for them. I mean, that's really for the birds, man. They're, they're guys who went and played <laughs> overseas. Uh, sometimes you got to take a two-week a two week road trip. And, I mean, I'm sure your spouse would have the ability to come, but uh, you got to put your big boy pants on, man. I, and, like, I get it. There's no fans there. It's not gonna, there's nothing about this that's going to be ideal. There's nothing about the world and things that are going on that's going to be ideal, but like you got to do it. Like everybody, everybody's compromised. I mean, the, the Orlando Magic players may be the closest ones, and they're like, "Well, we drove about 15 minutes to get here." <laughs> like everybody in this moment is compromised. No one, no one is comfortable, and you really got to get out your bubble or shell. And if there's problems going on here. You know, this it just isn't the time because I, I tell you one thing the players don't want, and here's the reality, you do not want that CBA to get ripped up. You do not want the agreement where we have guaranteed contracts and, and, and max contracts and, you know, all these – you do not want that ripped up. We hear about the frustrations of our fellow NFL brothers all the time. We do not want to be set back and having the same issues that they have. That's a good yeah. point. So, so <laughs> if this doesn't work out, there's it could void all of that, like you're just saying, you know. And that's obviously not what you want. You want all that guaranteed money. But that's what I was talking to uh, when Michelle and I were talking earlier. I said, I feel like with players, you, you can get a vast reaction from all over this, from all over the spectrum, really. Um, and I feel like single players, for example, I'm a single guy, and this proposal with all this stuff going on, I'm like all right, you know, that wouldn't be that bad. But then you have other guys with wives and, and kids and families. And, you know, to them, it obviously wouldn't be as exciting. But I just think it's interesting, like, to, to think about, you know, a lot of the single guys in the league are probably like, you know what, this could be like a fun opportunity. <laughs> well, I'm going to be honest. Um, a young single NBA player, uh, Michelle, you know this, it was probably going to like a, uh, um, you know, a, a nightclub. Yeah. Uh, maybe a <laughs> that's a good point a miami not an orlando vacation a, a, a night out on the town in new york they're almost uh, you, getting you know it some fast cars they're like, almost getting the opportunity taken away from them like in their prime maybe it's actually opposite yeah. of what i'm thinking maybe a lot of players are wanting to get away from their families and the single guys are like dang it now i'm trapped in this little bubble i want to go out <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, listen, I, I get go out, um, I, I, and I would just suggest hopefully maybe if you don't have a significant other, you know, find your 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 your, your best of the best, your cream of the crop, you know, get her get her quarantined up and, <laughs> and, and try to see if you can get her in the bubble, man. All right. <laughs> so hey, a couple of these guys are fighting, you know, maybe fighting some demons, man. But you're not, you know, you're not gonna have the same freedoms. Uh, that you would expect, and that's that's just the reality, man. You got to go to work, and and I'm gonna and I'm putting it like this. Maybe this sounds a little harsh. If you're not willing to do it, somebody else is. Yeah, yeah. no, that's very very true. I wish uh, there were some other leagues that also took that advice. 
<laughs> cough, cough, baseball. We've been talking about baseball a lot. Um, Ryan, I know that, I mean, the last couple weeks especially have been very eye-opening to some and frustrating, but also potentially exciting for some with everything that's going on in the world. Kyrie Irving, and, and I don't really know, there's so many different reports saying that he had a part in it or that he didn't have a part in it, but what are you hearing for players potentially sitting out? It's real. There's a lot of concerns uh, out there. Um, there's probably 100 or so guys and even more concerns beyond those 100 or so guys. Um, you have to understand the dynamic of a basketball player. Some of these guys are going into major free agency years, like, you know, Montrez Harrell. And at this point, he's got everything to lose because he'll, he'll have a, a max contract at hand. Um, so if he goes out and plays now, let's say he's out of shape, he, he twists an ankle, he hurts a knee, you know, God forbid. Um, it would really, really set him back. And these guys are going out and, and risking more than they can potentially gain when you look at it through those through that lens and those eyes. Um, it, it is legit that some of these guys, you know, their hearts aren't all the way in playing. And, you know, we're seeing a moment, you know, as a former tenured uh, NBA player and African-American male and, you know, re retired since, where it looks like, you know, there's a voice and there's potential to have real, real change here going on. So when you look at the circumstances, guys want to do everything they can. And, you know, the notion that the NBA would be a distraction. No, man, use the NBA as a platform. NFL may be a distraction because those guys uh, have been hushed. They've been silenced. Colin Kaepernick was blackballed. Every time there's been a cause from the NBA, they want to come out and promote it. We aren't hushed. We're, we're, not, we're not blackballed. We're not hushed. And I, I know uh, Abdul Rauf was in his time, uh, but the NBA has changed since then. And there's a lot of eyes and ears open. Yeah, guys, you know the rules, even in, in media. You know, no, uh, no race, religion, or politics. You know, you, you tiptoe around that. We all kind of live by those guidelines. But there's an opportunity now for a lot of these guys to come out and speak their voices in their hearts and actually be heard. And I don't think there's any bit more larger of a scale than to do it while playing in the NBA. Yeah, I, I agree. There, there's a lot, um, like you hinted at, there, there's a lot going on in the country. So I, I do get what Kyrie was saying. And, and I do get that a lot of guys' hearts wouldn't be in it. And, and I, I totally understand that. Um, because, you know, there, what's going on in our country right now is more important than basketball. And, and um, you know, change is important. But I also, you know, listen to LeBron's uh, thought on the matter. And it sounds similar to, to what you're saying. And well, what he said is that he can still play basketball and at the same time speak out on the social injustices happening in the country. But what you're saying is basically play and use your platform to help. And I totally agree with that. I think them coming back and playing and, and, and doing things out on the court to speak out, like wearing Black Lives Matter shirts on the court for warm-ups or, or stuff like that, and really bringing them back can do even more for what's going on in our world. It can, and it's even deeper than that. So, you know, I, I, I wore the, you know, I can't breathe shirt. We, we wore that. I was amongst, you know, the Donald Sterling case. We threw our jerseys down. It was like, ah, did we really change stuff? Well, yeah, Donald Sterling got out of there. Hats off to Adam Silver for what we did. But, you know, I can't breathe shirts was like, oh, you don't stand for it. You know what happened? Uh, when LeBron, Carmelo, and Chris went out, 
during the uh, ESPYs, they went in all black and they made their, their statement address really happen. So guys are going, hold on, man, enough is enough. We want to see real reform. So part of that coalition that you take your, the players coalition, the hundred that are sitting out or want to sit out potentially, they're saying like, hey, NBA owners, nothing happens when we speak out. If y'all speak out and you put your money behind what's going on, and hats off to Michael Jordan for putting up $100 million, and he's an owner, but when you guys really speak out, we're demanding you guys speak out. We're demanding our owner speaks out. You can't hide no more. That's what those guys are saying. So that's why I say be patient before you kind of cast those guys off as, as rebels or whatnot. Some of them are just saying, if you've seen what Avery Bradley said, hey, man, we want to hold you guys accountable. We want to see more, more color. Uh, t- today uh, in Detroit, there was an African-American GM, uh, I forget his name, that was hired. But we uh, want to see more color. Uh, yep. Yeah, we want to see more color. And that, that's, the, that's the reality there. And these voices can be heard now at this time. But I still believe within this, hey, go back and play basketball. But, hey, I have no problem with the cause. Yeah, I think it's important, like you said, um, for the for the owners to speak out. And in the last couple of days, I've seen, um, and I'm actually I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I've seen a bunch of ex players coming out, and you know, Jerry Jones is a very, very, to say the least, outspoken owner, and you haven't heard much from him during this time. And you know, a lot of the players are coming out and saying it would go a long way if you could come out and say something because a couple of years ago when Colin Kaepernick took a knee, Jerry Jones basically said, we will not be taking a knee here with the Dallas Cowboys. And I just think for after saying something like that, if he come out now and say, you know what? I got it wrong. I was wrong a couple of years ago. I didn't understand it. I've educated myself and, you know, I, and I've, I've learned, I, I think that could go a long way, you know? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, even Roger Goodell saying, you like, finally, you back Colin Kaepernick, even if you don't believe in it. Even right, if you don't right, believe in it. Right. A lot of people know it's not cool not to be quiet anymore. You know, and you, you hope the best, but I have, no cry, I have no problems when the cries come out for millionaires, from millionaires to challenge billionaires. I'm yeah. let that one sink in. I have no problem when the cries come out from millionaires to challenge billionaires. Because those billionaires want the millionaires to play basketball. And they're just like, are we really going to play basketball right now when y'all aren't – none of you guys are really invested in what we have going on right now? It's also, like, it's leadership 101. Like, in any industry, in any – I mean, in any hierarchy, you know that that's what makes a good leader, too. And it, it blows my mind. But um, one more question on this, and then we'll move on. But what is your prediction for who plays and who doesn't? Do you think everyone plays? Do you think certain guys sit out? What do you think for when Orlando comes? I believe the majority of guys are going to go and play. Uh, we want to support our brothers. Um, I think that it, it's going to be intriguing times. I believe that these press conferences, the narratives are going to change. I believe that we're going to see a lot of young leaders emerge, and they're going to say, hey, man, you, you just scored 40 points and, and you know 13 rebounds. They're going to say, hold on, man. The, the, the guy who just killed that, that innocent black girl is on the streets. <laughs> We're still protesting in D.C., which is still protesting in these spots. You know what I'm saying? All right, now let's talk basketball. You know, so I think a lot of these young leaders are going to have an opportunity to emerge. 
I think guys will play. I think, unfortunately, it's probably inevitable. We may see some injuries. That's just a part of an ugly part of sports. I think we may see some ugly basketball. But at this point, I, I think I speak for all of us. We, we just want to see something. You know? <laughs> we, yeah. we want to see some type of basketball. Uh, but I think it's gonna it, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be emotional times, man. And I, and I think players should be excited to be a part of it. It's something you're gonna be able to tell your grandchildren one day. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for giving giving your thoughts on it. Last question before we let you go. I know personally, Ryan, that every time that I see you in person or on TV, you have so much swag and the best clothes and I gotta know <laughs> where do you shop and do you do it by yourself man I actually do do it by myself um <laughs> uh, you know what I'll do is I'll you know I'll look and I'll find a suit or a fabric or something I like then I'll try to go recreate it and then say hey man I like the way this like work I would like the way this work I have a designer at a factory that I work with and say, Hey, make me, you know, some of these. Cause you guys know I can't go off the rack. And then I uh, <laughs> just try to mix and match all right there. And, you know, try to just have some fun with the socks and, you know, enjoy it. I just feel like, Hey man, like, you know, you, you look good, you play good. You know, you appreciate how you look, you do, you do those things. It's, it's just the business of media and uh, you leave a good impression. You know, I'm look, Michelle, you, I look, you, you see me after the game. I'm the guy with the t-shirt and the sandals on and then, you know, I come out the back ready for the game. It's like, whoa, where, where'd that come from? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I remember the last time I saw you, I think it was at Staples Center when the Rockets were either, I, I think it was the Clippers, the Rockets playing the Clippers, the Lakers. And um, I just remember seeing you like across the court, you were on one corner and I was on the other corner. And I was like, I think that's Ryan. And then I was like, oh my God, that's definitely Ryan. Like, look at his outfit. It's for sure Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> so always, <laughs> always dressing to impress. And I certainly appreciate it. Um, where can people find, um, find you? I know that you obviously have seven footers opinionated podcast and you're all over TV and you're all over social media, but where, where's the best place people can find you? Just, uh, check out, um, obviously my Instagram is just Ryan Hollins and the Ryan Hollins on, on Twitter. Uh, write me, you know, debate with me. I don't, I don't mind it. Don't, 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 don't call me crazy though. Don't get too wild on there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> You know, check check me out on there, and then obviously the Seven Footers Opinion Opinionated podcast is myself and, and Brennan Haywood. Brennan Haywood, and we got some really really cool things in the works right now. So um, we appreciate the support, and, and you guys, uh, Michelle, you guys getting behind us, and you know whatever you need, man. We we go back. We we're doing a uh, little old college games once upon a time. So hopefully we keep mm -hmm. uh, keep raising up from there. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that you're busy, guys. So we'll let you go, but. Here's to uh, hopefully the NBA coming back and giving us some entertainment. Oh man, I, absolutely, man, and and hope we'll get we'll get something going on, and we'll 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 have some fun there. <laughs> That's it for Millennial Sports Talk. We uh, hope that you join us next week. You can find us on your usual podcast distributor. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.